0: You know, today uh, is important because the, the story we're going to look at today is where the book of Exodus really gets his name. I mean, this is really kind of this pinnacle moment, right? This is the Exodus. This is the this is the escape. And so what we're going to get to step into really the culmination in many ways of 430 years of captivity. That's a long time, right? It's like seven generations of, of, of Hebrews that all they have known is captivity uh, in Egypt. They're crying out, crying out for a deliverer. God hears their prayers. If you're following along with us in the podcast, which to me has been one of the most exciting things about this series. Over 500 of you uh, every morning are jumping in and going verse by verse through Exodus through the podcast. So I just praise God for that. that it's really, really. Really cool. But uh, God hears their prayers and responds, sends a deliverer, Moses and and Aaron, and we just came off the last two weeks of these ten plagues where God shows his power, and he's not only showing his power to Egypt, he's really showing his power to the Hebrews so that as they're coming out of this pagan foreign land and they've taken on so many of the practices of the world that they've lived around, the Egyptians, then it's really a time of cleansing as they're coming out into what God is about to do in and through them. But today, uh, we're going to talk about one thing. We're going to talk about, really, keys to catching the bus. And you might say, well, what in the world are you, you talking about? Well, I don't know. I, I guess it was in August. It was uh, early August. Uh, I'm up. Uh, Amy and I are up in our, our kitchen. We're drinking some coffee. And I have, like, one thing I'm supposed to do around the house. I'm a real champion around the house. So uh, I, uh, I take the trash to the road. It's a big deal. Uh, I got to build up to it. I take the trash to the road every Thursday night cuz trash man comes on Friday morning, so I do that, right? Most weeks I do that. And so I'm I'm up and I hear like you ever hear that distinct sound of what you think is the garbage man and then you didn't yeah, you didn't take the trash. So I, I hear it and I'm like, "Oh no. What is that?" And then I I think, you know, it's 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 not Friday. So he's coming early, and then there's like this whole holiday schedule thing in Murfreesboro, like it's really kind of throws you off a little bit. And so I'm thinking, like, is it a hot what, what, what's going on? And then I look out and there's this big yellow vehicle that is out in front of our our house. And, and for a moment I'm startled because I haven't seen one of these in a in a really long time. And there's a child that's getting on it. And and I, I, I said to Amy, what what is that? And she says, It's a it's a school bus. Wow, I'd forgotten what a school bus looked like. But I, we went out, we took pictures of the school bus, we waved at the two kids. It had been so long since we'd seen a, a school bus, it was like even a school bus in the middle of a pandemic feels like, man, this is really a step forward. And so uh, I, I watch the school bus now every morning <clears throat> as it comes by our house, and it actually is taking kids to a local high school. And uh, I raised a couple boys through high school. Uh, They they don't get in a hurry uh, for anything. Like, I I remember getting uh, high school kids up in the morning is is torture. I don't even know what else to tell you. And I I watch as this student runs to the bus. Only a school bus could could make a high school student do that. And so what are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about keys to catching the bus, God's bus. Because here's what I know about you. Because it's the same thing about me. I want God's blessing in my life, don't you? I mean, let's just be honest, everybody in this place and everybody at Buchanan this morning and everybody that's watching on online, we would all say the same thing. Listen, God, I, I, I want your blessing, and so today we're going we're gonna to talk about it. We're going to talk about keys to catching the bus because that's in some ways is, is kind of what's going on. Uh, God shows up. It's time for the children of Israel to leave and catch the bus and go to the next phase that God has for them, and we're going to see how they caught the bus and how we can apply those principles to our life so that we can catch the bus of God's blessing in our life. You with me? You ready to go? Let's look at a couple things, and we're going to just read a few uh, verses of Scripture in Exodus chapter 12, and then we're just going to make a point on keys to catching the bus uh, in your life, all right? Let's look at uh, Exodus chapter 12, starting in verse 31. During the night, Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, up and leave my people, you and the Israelites, go uh, worship the Lord as you have requested. There's a lot going on during the night. What night? The night of Passover. That was quite a night. Because every single home in Egypt had a, a death of a of a firstborn male, and so there is just unbelievable mourning and anguish now if you're like me and you and you grew up in the church and you, and you know this story right you, you you've heard this story and there's a there's a tendency to sort of gloss over this story but can you imagine I mean uh, first of all the communities in the in the ancient world were where, where the, the homes the housing is very tight they're very close together there's no air conditioning, so all the windows are up and every single home in a community having a death the mourning and wailing would have been almost un, unbearable and so pharaoh finally his heart has been so hard to the things of God. He finally calls Moses and Aaron in and says, get out and go and worship your God as you have requested. That's an interesting phrase because we see Pharaoh all along through these plagues. He's trying to negotiate with God. He's, 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 he paints a picture of trying to come to God on his own terms, which never really works, but we try to do that a lot as well. And then look, look at verse 32. Take your flocks and your herds, as you have said, and go. And then there's this phrase. It's interesting. It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't even seem to fit at some level, does it? It's like, where, where did this come from, from this hard-hearted man who lived his life believing he was a God? I mean, we might say that sometimes, that we live like gods. He literally did. And everybody in Egypt thought he was a God. I mean, so here's a guy who believed he was a God, and he said, you guys go. And, and, and Moses, whoa, 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 on your way out ask God to bless me. Because everybody wants the blessing of God, right? It's just very few people know how to catch the bus and get the blessing of God. So from that, let's look at uh, the first key to catching the bus. If you want to catch God's bus a blessing, we see it from this passage. On God's bus, there's no carry-ons. If you you travel much, if you fly much, uh, over the last 20 years, flying obviously has changed. But one of the things that intrigues me now is the the size of carry-ons. I mean there there are people that uh, you couldn't put their carry-on on this stage. I mean, you know, right? I mean, and, and, and nobody wants to check a bag anymore. Everybody carries on. I mean, it's massive, uh, you know, and it's really clear the size carry-on that you can have. But anyways, if you're one of those people, I'm 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 sorry, but you don't do that, right? And so everybody carries this massive stuff on flights today. But we, we try to do that uh, spiritually. We try to have some carry-ons on God's bus. But if you want God's blessing, understand this, there are no carry-ons. Listen, you, you can't live like a God and expect to have the blessing of God. Does that make sense to you a little bit like living like a God means I call the shots I do what I want to do when I want to do it I, I want God God I want you to bless bless my deal that that's really what what Pharaoh is saying because he literally lived like a god he did what he wanted to do his way wanted to be worshiped wanted his terms in every single uh, circumstance and situation and then by the way hey 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 bless me I, I think that's our, our culture can I just tell you something this is this is like we'll get no amens here today and and but the when there's no repentance, there's no blessing. It just is what it is. And, you know, there's so many, and, and I know this is offensive language, but there's so many uh, young couples in our culture today that want God to bless their marriage, yet... Yeah, they're living together prior to marriage, and, and but they want the blessing of God. There's so many people who want the, the blessing of God on their finances, but you know what, they they, they never give consideration to, to God first in their finances based on what the Word of God says, that the first fruits belong to the, to the Lord. There's so many of us that want God's blessing on, on all, all of our relationships around us, right? We want healthy, dynamic relationships with family and extended family and coworkers, and, and God, bless my relationship, bless my workplace, bless my team, on and on, on we want that, but we have unforgiveness with so many people in our life. And so we want the blessing of God, but we got a lot of carry-ons. And that carry-ons is really baggage, and and you just need to understand if you want to catch the bus, if you want to catch the bus, and we all agreed that we did, right? <laughs> you see, that's the same thing they said on Thursday night. Like everybody's, yeah, I want the blessing of God. Then we start talking about what it's going to take to get the blessing of God. I'm like, I don't know. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, you know this passage probably, um, or you may be familiar with this passage, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, like I love that, there's people who've gone before us who walked this thing out and would say it is worth it, it is worth it. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. That's how we ought to live our life as a follower of Jesus Christ day after day, that we're growing in in repentance, and we're just cutting loose the carry-ons, right? And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. That's a great passage. So if you want to catch God's bus, no carry-ons. Might be a good question to ask today. What is a carry-on that I'm trying to bring on God's bus that I want with me, but I also want the blessing of God? A carry-on is something that's outside the will of God. And you just got to ask this question, I guess, which one do you want more? Is that helpful? Like, which one do you want more? I think only you can answer that question. So so number two, let's look on down at verse 33. You guys still doing okay, Buchanan? I trust you're doing okay here uh, this morning. Uh, verse 33, the Egyptians urged the people to hurry and leave their country. I bet. I mean, because here are, here are these Egyptians, they have seen the ten plagues, their country is decimated, right? Literally decimated because of the plagues. And now they have lost the firstborn in all of their homes. And so they're, they're making arrangements to bury the dead. And so leave our country, get out. Otherwise, they said, we will all die. Like, go and go fast. So the people, meaning the Hebrews, God's covenant people, so the people took their dough before the yeast was added and carried it on their shoulders in kneading troughs wrapped in clothing. So here's the second principle that I want you to understand. If you want to catch the blessing bus, is that kind of cheesy? I know it is, but maybe you'll remember it. I'm willing to be cheesy if you can remember it. I want to catch the blessing bus, don't you? No carry-ons. Number two, the bus doesn't wait. Like I remember as a middle school student, I still remember my bus driver. I won't say his name. Uh, he doesn't go here, but just in case he would ever listen to somebody. There's always somebody who would tell him, I know that guy. I just texted him, told him to listen to the sermon. Uh he was, he was uh, like, this is, in the, this is in the early 80s, right? He's a crotchety dude. Um, he smoked while he drove the bus. You know, like today, we was that. we'd never see that. He always had a cigarette in the side of his mouth, and, and he'd open the door. And you better get on that bus in a hurry. Like, if anybody was, like, 15 or 20 yards behind, and they're running to the stop, I mean, he's closing the door. He, he enjoyed that. Like, I still have memories from middle school. I was so traumatized because I had to be there on, on, on time, you know. And, and I still remember buddies just like yelling with their trapper keeper waving. Remember the old trapper keeper waving, like, stop. And he just laughing, you know. And I, I'm just telling you this. You're saying, so is God like that bus driver? No, 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 no. Total opposite of that. But I'm telling you, the blessing bus doesn't wait. It doesn't wait. Here's the point, and you're going to have to think about this. There are going to be windows of opportunity in your life. There are going to be windows of opportunity where you have been praying for something, others have been praying for something, and God opens up a door of opportunity. And the chance to respond is, is now. And that's what was happening. I mean, think about this: 430 years they are waiting, and God shows up. And when God shows up, it's time to go now. Don't even let you don't even have time to put yeast in your bread. Just take it, get the kids up, and get out of here. And so I, I think about this. You know, if it's a if it's a time you've been praying for a relationship, and there's an open door to to be reconciled with that person. Listen, the time is now. If you're in a dysfunctional relationship that you know is outside of God's will, and, and there's an open door of opportunity. You you kind of see things clearly, like the haze moves back for just a moment, and you see the next step you need to take. Listen, the time to walk out of that in repentance is now. If there's something that is on your heart that God is doing in you and calling you to a whole new level of ministry, a way to serve the Lord in a way that you've never thought of before and that God could use you that way, there is a window of opportunity in your life, and the time to obey is now. Can I just tell you something? If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, please listen it, but Canon, listen, listen. I want to tell you, There will be windows of opportunity for you. I promise you that. And most people miss those because of delay. You see, I love this verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 2. I want to read it to you from the New Living Translation because I I really like the way it, it, it says it here. For God says at just the right time I heard you. On the day of salvation I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. And that's not, just about a pa- that's not just talking about you coming into a relationship with God, even though that is part of it. Listen, and I would say today, if you're here and have never yielded your life to Christ as Savior and Lord, can I tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt what God's will is for your life? God's will is for your life today to come into a relationship with, with, with him uh, for sure. And you might say, well, well what's the rush? Think, think with me for a second. I'm a visual learner. Anybody else here a visual learner? And so, yeah, um, if you're a visual learner, you shouldn't be afraid to raise your hand. Just be, you know, will let other people see that, right? It's, it's part of your story. Th- think, think about this. And, uh, and you might say, well, I, well, this isn't in the Bible. I know it's not in the Bible, but there's a lot that we can take from this. W- wonder if there was a, a Hebrew family, and I don't know, maybe there was. wonder if there was a Hebrew family that said, you know what? Uh, hey, Sarah, uh, everybody's getting up there. They're all leaving. It's time to go. Uh, but you know what? I was I was thinking it might be better for us to go ahead and let the kids sleep tonight. And why don't you go ahead and finish up with the dough? We'll put the yeast in it, let it rise. We'll get up, have a good breakfast in the morning. We'll get the kids up, get them cleaned up, and we'll we'll catch up with everybody uh, tomorrow. We can do that; it shouldn't be a problem. Our kids are grouchy; they'd be a problem for the rest of the people. And so we we, we sort of justify. It. Some of you are like are thumbing through your Bible, like where is that? <laughs> it's not. But that's kind of how we are, right? Right. Now now think about this for a moment. Think about this. Now this is in the Bible, right? Now back to the Bible, you're like, praise God. Like when the children of Israel left that night, God protects them in the front and the back and on either side. He leads them by fire at night, uh, by a, a pillar of a cloud by day, and he actually provides just this protection all around them because the Egyptians are coming in hot pursuit. And so think about this. Here's the truth of the matter. If you would have delayed uh, if you would have delayed 3,400 years ago when this story went down, if you'd have delayed, you'd have missed God's provision, protection, and plan, and you'd have been right there kind of lagging behind when it, when Pharaoh and his army came. You don't be the first ones to go down. It would have been you. And I think that's what happens. So I, I, God's blessing bus doesn't wait. If God's doing something, I think the window of opportunity is today. Now, let me say this because I, I, I say it because I think it needs to be said, and it, it's hard for you to hear it from somebody like me because I'm a church guy, but you know, um, our culture today is very much sort of non-committal in so many different ways. Not beating anybody up, I'm just saying that's the day that we live in. And so, one of the things that we we one of the things that we have is sort of a, a lack of commitment about a local body of believers. Like we don't see the big deal about that. We don't see the big deal. We come and we worship and here, or you know, if if uh, World Outreach has a better series, we'll go there. And that, that's you know whatever that, that's cool. That didn't offend anybody, did it? Um, but but here's the thing, I, I think you can you can grow. Let me. This is a controversial statement. You can grow on your own. You can but you cannot be all that god desires for you to be apart from a connection apart from a connection to a local body of believers it's just not biblical first of all you don't have all the gifts right so if you're saying i want to be a part of a body and you're saying i don't connect to a local body of believers you're really saying i operate like i have all the gifts and so, I, one of the things I would say is, you know what? We want to—we've just never connected here. We want to connect here, and we want to see what the next steps are here or somewhere else where we can get it, get connected, get get involved in a small group, and, and we've been putting that off forever. But there's a window of opportunity even today to step into that. I think it's an important important thing. Now, look at verse 35. If you get nothing else, can I just tell you verse 35 and verse 36? helped me so much in my life, finally put my regrets from my past to bed. Before I read this, can I ask you, don't raise your hand here, but any of you feel any regret or shame from your past? I think we all do, if we're honest. This particular passage was so liberating to me. It helped me so much, and I pray it helps you today. Verse 35, the Israelites did as Moses instructed and asked the Egyptians for articles of silver and gold for clothing. The Lord made the Egyptians favorably disposed toward the people, and they gave them what they asked for, so they plundered the Egyptians. Now, let me just stop for a minute and try to explain what just went down, because this is crazy, right? I mean, it's crazy. But you guys at Ed Buchanan, I'm going to ask you to do the same thing because I have about 35% sleeping here this morning. Let's stand up just for a second to get the blood flowing. We need to do this because you don't want to miss this. Ed Buchanan, stand. Let's do that for 10 seconds. We're at about seven, five, count it down with me, four, three, two, one. Right. Move around a little bit. I don't want you to miss this. Now, some of you are saying, why do we do that? Because, again, I have an internal alarm. If I see more than 35 people standing, we got to change some things, uh, sleeping, we've got to change some things up here. I promise you, you don't want to miss this. You don't want to miss this. What just happened? on their way out on whose way out on the hebrews way out of egypt god says hey just ask the egyptians for money jewelry gold clothing and god made them favorably disposed made who made the egyptians god changed their heart because that's when we sing god's a waymaker you know what he is god is god god changes our hearts he changes desires of men is that cool and so on their way out of town they're like hey we're we're gone and you you've obviously been our captors and have been abusive to us for 430 years. But uh, you got anything for the journey? <laughs> and the Egyptians are just handing them stuff, like a gold and silver and clothes, and they're like, yes, right? I mean, you talk about worship. I mean, this is amazing. And, they're, and, and and there's probably some late adapters like, man, I didn't do that whole ass thing. Is it working? You better believe it's working. Well, they started asking. And so, I mean, you wonder how did they survive in the, in the desert wandering for 40 years? Because because God allowed them to plunder the Egyptians. Now, that word plunder is a military term. It means this. It means when a king went off to war and he defeated his enemy, he wouldn't just defeat his enemy, he would plunder his enemy, meaning he would take the, the, the best of their livestock, the best of their people. He would take their most valuable possessions, and he would bring that back to his land, and then he would share it with his, his people. Can can I tell you something? If you want to catch the blessing bus, your stop has changed. You mean what, what do you mean? I, I think you need I think you need to understand the plunder principle just, just a little bit. Your past isn't just forgiven. Your past can be plundered. Can I tell you that again? Your past just isn't forgiven in Christ. Your past can be plundered. Isn't that what's happening in this story? God plunders the Egyptians. Well, let me just tell you something. If you want regret to die in your life, if you want shame to die in your life, understand this: that my God is a God who can plunder my past. Listen, I I, I know I know a lady at seventeen. Uh, went through an uh, an abortion, a a devastating event in her life. Several years after that, through the grace and the mercy of God, received forgiveness, confessed that, came to faith in Christ, received forgiveness from that sin, and, and God blessed her in an amazing way. And she has spent her life working with other women, helping them through the trauma of that, and God has gifted her. God has given her influence. God has plundered her past. Let me just tell you something. On our staff, Steve Austin, think about Steve. Some of you know his story with with the drug abuse and and, uh, all that he went through. He comes to faith in Christ. God forgives his past, but he plunders his past. He gives him insights. He gives him influence. He gives him opportunities all over the country. I, I meet people uh, from talking to folks in meetings from all different parts of our country, and they, they mention him. They have read his book. They have seen what he has done. And so God didn't just forgive his past. He did what? He plundered his past. And let me just tell you something today. God doesn't just want to forgive your past. He wants to plunder your past. Is that an amazing thing? Does that encourage you today? If you won't regret, because I believe this, you may disagree. I know a lot of Christians who know that Jesus has forgiven them of their past, but they still live in shame. I don't know anybody that knows that Jesus has plundered their past that lives in shame. Right? We we understand what God has done, and it's a powerful, powerful thing. I love Joel 2.25. I will listen to what the Lord says, I will restore to you the years, the years that the swarming locusts have eaten. Only our God can do that. He can plunder our past. Can I ask you a question about your past really quickly and then we'll move on? Is your past leaving you with thoughts of pain? Or have you seen the plunder? Now, I want you to do something, and if the musicians are waiting, don't come out right now. Thursday night, they did. It was super awkward. They came out. We were praying. They thought it was the invitation time. I still had two more points, so we'll we'll hold them back. But I want to do something right now because the Bible says not just to be a hearer of the word, but a doer. For 15 seconds, would you close your eyes for 15 seconds? Would everybody here in at Buchanan, would you close your eyes for 15 seconds? Is there anybody here today would say, God, would you plunder my past? Is there anybody here today who would just say that to the Lord in the privacy of this moment? Father, I know you have forgiven my past, but I'm asking you to plunder my past, to use it for your glory and my good, and free me from regret and shame. In Jesus' name, amen. Look at verse 37 and verse 38. The Israelites journeyed from Ramses to Succoth. There were about 600,000 men on foot besides women and children. Um depending on who you listen to read, maybe as many as two million Hebrews, many other people went up with him. Would you underline that phrase if you have your Bible open at the beginning of verse 38? Would you underline that phrase? Many other people went up with them, and also large droves of livestock, both flocks and herds. If you, want to catch a, if you want to catch the blessing bus, here's what you've got to be willing to do. You've got to be willing to save a seat. And you say, what in the world are you talking about? Do you see that as we go back in this story? It wasn't just the Hebrews that came out. It, it many other people came up with them. Who were they? I'm not sure. They might have been slaves from other countries that were there in Egypt. They could have been just some Egyptians who saw the movement of God through the plagues, you know, and they came with them. Can you imagine how that d- deal went down? Here are the here are the Hebrews. They're up in the middle of the night. They're leaving. And so you, you've you got an Egyptian up or a slave from another country. They're, they're, their eyes are open. They're watching. Well, where are you guys going? We're leaving. You're leaving? Yeah. When? Tonight? Really? Well, can I ask you one question? Sure is your god going with you? Yeah, he's actually ahead of us. We're leaving too. Right? That's what they said. Hey, we've seen your god and if he's going, we're going, right? We're out of here. And so they just came out with them. So if you want you 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 want to catch the the bus, you got to be willing to save a seat. Save a seat because listen. You you your your blessing of salvation wasn't meant just for you. You were blessed in order to be a blessing to somebody else. And we got to live with this whole "save a seat" mentality, right? Because that's why we're here. If it wasn't, God would just go ahead and take us to heaven. And the church needs to hear this today, right? This bus wasn't just meant for meant for you. It's meant for somebody else. And so, who are the people around you? that you're saving a seat for, that you're just, listen, that's a whole different mentality of how you think, right? And the way you conduct yourself in the office, the way you love, the way you care, the way you pray for other people. Who are you saving a seat for? Who's going to come out of this life with you because God used you in a powerful way, and now they know Jesus and will spend eternity with them. That's why you're here. You know, well, that's not my gift. I hear that all the time. My gift is not evangelism. That's baloney. That's your calling if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, Right? your calling. Now, some people are more gifted at it than others, right? But but look, look at this. I don't know who said this. You may find it online and email me, and I always am honored when you correct me. Thank you for that. I love this. I love this quote. I've heard it. So I, I could have just said it was mine, right? At least I'm trying to have some integrity here because you probably don't know either. I fear the salvation of anyone who doesn't fear the salvation of someone. That's a good word, isn't it? Like, I fear the salvation of anyone. If someone who thinks they're in a right relationship with Christ but this, but isn't concerned about somebody else coming in a right relationship with Christ. So here's a question. Who's coming with you? Whose seat are you saving? You know, can I ask you to do this? How many of you here today? I, how many of you are here today Are at Buchanan? Go ahead and do this. Pastor Ben's watching. How many of you are here because somebody just invited you? Could you just raise your hand for a second? Can I see that? Just, a, yeah, a couple of you. This is like an auction. We tell people in church to raise your hand. It's just like, yeah, really quick. Yeah, Thursday night we saw people all over the room it was just I'm just here cuz somebody just invested enough in me and invited me to me to me to church. But again some of you are back and you're like, "Well, I thought you were talking about the catching God's blessing and I want to catch God's blessing." And then it got into like evangelism and I'm not sure what kind of sort of judo uh, judo judo whatever stuff you did there. I won't use that in the next service. Uh, uh, you know, what technique did you just use on me? Philemon 1:6 I love this passage, man. This is good. Watch this. I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. You want a full understanding of every good thing that we have in Christ? You really want the blessing of God? You really won't have the the full blessing of God unless you're saving a seat for somebody else actively doing something with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? That's what the Bible says. This is a powerful passage. And and let me just say this, just just by way of teaching, here's what I always hear from people. I don't know what to say. I'm going to give you the most effective question I've ever heard in my life. It has helped me more in evangelism than about anything anybody's ever taught me. And so you can go to Joseph's evangelism class for four weeks. That would be a good thing. Or you can go to mine for 30 seconds. Whatever. Or you can do both. Here's a great question. And this is not original with me. I've stole this question years ago. Here's a great question. If you're with somebody and you sense God is, is doing a work in their heart and it's a great opportunity to share your faith, ask this question. In your opinion, what do you think it takes for a person to go to heaven? I'm just curious. We've talked about everything today, right, uh, from uh, from Vols football to, uh, you know, uh, the weather. We've talked about it all. But let me just tell you, in, in, I, I, somebody asked me this question years ago. I want to ask it to you. In your opinion, what do you think it takes for a person to go to heaven? And let them answer that. They'll tell you what they're trusting in, and then you have a chance to tell them what you're trusting in for your standing with God. You see, it's a great question. Now, let's look at the, the fifth and final thing. You guys still okay? Right? Yeah. All right. Here we go. You want to catch the blessing of God? Yeah, I do. I want to catch the bus. Well, look on down at verse 43. Children of Israel have left. They're on their way to the promised land. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, these are the regulations for the Passover meal. And a uh, Passover meal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to celebrate the Passover meal because we just came out of Passover. God did amazing work. And so we're going to celebrate that just like we said we would. No foreigner may eat it. Any slave you have uh, bought may eat it after you circumcise him. Brum, brum, brum. <laughs> what? What? You, know, you think about that. Like everybody's excited. God, I mean you you kind of you kind of got the crowd. I mean everybody's worked up. We got we got all these these people who didn't know you and they they left Egypt and they're with us and they're, they're, they 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 want to come over for Passover meal and and I got to I got to break this on them. Listen, if you want to catch the blessing bus, you need to understand this. Don't forget your mark. Don't forget your mark. I want to try to make I want to try to make that clear to you. When I was growing up, you had to remember your bus by a number. You remember that they'd call out the number, whatever your bus number was. You remembered your bus number and you went. Now you don't have to remember your school school bus number. You just have to remember your mark. Your picture. This is a picture from Pell City, Alabama. Uh, so that that's the if you're on the you know if you're on the Fox bus, just remember the Fox bus. Can you imagine fifth grade guys having a good time with that? Which bus do you ride? I ride the Fox bus. I see that. I saw that. Yeah no doubt you do. Yeah. Some of you are like, you don't get that yet, right? But you will later on this afternoon. Just remember your mark. Don't forget your mark. Listen, the mark of those who had come under the covenant of God in the Old Testament was circumcision. The mark of those who've come under the covenant of God in the New Testament is a baptism by the Holy Spirit, meaning receiving the Holy Spirit, and then being marked through obedience through baptism, right? That's the mark. Now, whether you agree with it or, or not, I will have to say that the New Testament mark seems to be a little bit easier than the Old Testament mark. Anybody amen with that, right? So, yeah, I mean, don't, don't forget your mark because, listen, that's where the blessing is. Colossians chapter 2, verse 11 and 12, in him you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self ruled by the flesh was put off when you were circumcised by Christ. There was a cutting away from sin and death when we put our faith and trust in Christ, right? Having been buried with him in what? In baptism. That's a New Testament mark, and there are so many people that want the blessing of God, but they've just forgotten their mark. They don't understand their mark. God has called us to be marked as unapologetic followers of His to let others know what's happened in here through an outward marking, and that in the New Testament age, which we're in today, is baptism, right? So don't forget your mark. You cannot live out the full blessing of God in your life without the mark of God. On your life, which is baptism. Now, again, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying, well, listen, do I have to be baptized in order to be saved? That's always the question I get. Why would you want to be saved and not obey what God's called you to do? It's kind of a faulty understanding of salvation, isn't it? You see, this is what God's called us to do. Do we understand everything about it? No, but it's what God's called us to do. And we understand He's faithful and He's good. And listen, I I have the privilege so many times of being right up there and seeing folks go through the water of baptism and just see the excitement and the peace and the blessing that comes on the other side of that. So don't miss that. I'm gonna invite our musicians out now. We're gonna we're gonna stand. We're gonna go old school today at Buchanan. We're gonna go old school. Nathan's coming to the front. Pastor Ben's gonna take over the service in just a second after our pray. But well, we believe there's a window of opportunity for obedience today, and we're gonna have our staff. They're gonna be down here at the front today. If God's doing something in your life, you know maybe you just had some carry-ons that you've got to drop. You need to confess those carry-ons. Uh, maybe it is pain from your past that you just can't seem to shake, and you want folks to pray for you for the plunder of God. Uh, maybe it's just a save a seat mentality. You know, you've just been living for yourself. You want to pray for somebody today who's not a believer. We have folks that are here. Maybe you've never taken your mark, and we're going to have a baptism service next Sunday. We're going to spend all Sunday morning here at Buchanan with baptism throughout our services, so it's a chance for you to do that. it never be any easier than it is. If God is speaking to you today, do that. But can I tell you this, everybody, listen, can you look this way at Buchanan? Can you look this way really quickly as I'm as I'm done? Before you take your mark, You got to take your seat, your seat on the bus. As we set down, really, as we set down, it's not setting down on the bus. It's setting down. It's trusting completely in the all-sufficient work of Jesus Christ. That's what faith is. It's saying, I'm setting down in you, Jesus. I'm trusting you in you alone, what you did on the cross and through your resurrection to impart life to me. And some of you have never done that. You need to do that today. As we sing, I'm going to ask you to stand all over this room. Could you go ahead and do that? And at Buchanan, stand. Let me pray for us, and then uh, Pastor Ben's going to take over. God, would you bless? Your people, would you just drive uh, the enemy out of this room and at Buchanan during this time, and would we respond to you in obedience to whatever it is that you're calling us to do today. In the strong name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.